Welcome to the PokePress Digest Podcast, a Pokemon news magazine show. Here you'll find some of the best content offered by our site. For more, visit us at pokepress.blogspot.com. This episode features two segments. In the first, I interview Dot from the YouTube channel Retro Game Mechanics Explained. We talk about how he started his channel and a recent video he did about the cries of Pokemon from Generation 1. Dots also explains the sound generation application he created as part of his research. The second segment has some interviews from the recent Wizard World Comic Con event in Madison. You'll hear from Pokemon YouTuber Real Breaking Nate, as well as Jerry Milani, the PR rep for the Wizard World organization. Thanks. Hi folks, Steven here. I'm on the phone with Dots from the Retro Game Mechanics Explained YouTube channel. And he's recently put out a video on the cries of the Pokemon from the first generation, how all that is generated from a technical perspective. And we're going to talk about that. But first of all, uh, Dots, uh, where are you from? And what's sort of your uh, computer science background? Talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, I'm from Columbus, Ohio, in the United States. And I went to the Ohio State University for computer science and engineering. And I actually graduated with that degree this past December. As for how my computer science stuff started out, uh, my high school actually didn't offer any computer science courses, and that was something I was really interested in. So I went to college for that because uh, high school didn't really introduce me to that at all, and I thought it was pretty interesting. So who knew that that would uh, expand to so much stuff that I do now? Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I had sort of the opposite experience growing up. I mean, they taught me, uh, like, I learned basic in, like, elementary school and stuff like that and summer school and stuff like that. So glad to see that you sort of took the initiative there. All right, well, how did the actual channel get started? Uh, when did you start that and, and why? All right, so uh, the Retro Game Mechanics Explained channel only started in late 2016, but I actually have been making videos for much later than that. Um, my videos started as Super Mario World explained videos on my actual speedrunning channel where I explained glitches and speedrun tricks. And people enjoyed those so much and I thought I should expand to more games and stuff. So I made a dedicated channel to that. People also mentioned that they were willing to throw me money to make more videos. So I decided to monetize it as well. And it's been running for a good two and a half years now. Yeah, yeah. I definitely, I think I caught on with some of those uh, Super Nintendo videos. It's a, a very interesting system with, you know, all the graphical modes, notably Mode 7, and, and things like that. And Super Mario World being a launch title is a very interesting game to analyze. So, yeah, you have, um, you did a lot of Super Nintendo stuff, but you've branched out into some other things. And most recently, you did an episode on the cries of the Pokemon from the first generation or so. First off, why did you pick that topic? So Pokemon has always been one of my favorite games, and I mainly because of the Pokemon themselves, I always found them pretty interesting. When I was growing up, I always liked the sounds they made because they're so peculiar and unique, and so those have always stuck in my head. I know for a couple years I had some Pokemon's cry as my like, text ringtone, so I thought, well... I know that the first and second generation Pokemon cries are generated on the fly and they're not just sound files. So let's look into 
how those are actually made. Yeah, yeah. Your your video goes into pretty good detail, actually, about like all the different sound channels on the original Game Boy and and things like that. Uh, what were some of the interesting things you learned in that process? Uh, the most interesting thing to me was finding the differences between the Game Boy's sound engine and the NES's sound engine. Even though they the music that was generated from both consoles is sounds very similar, their engines are quite different. Um, some other interesting things I found. I've known that some of the Pokemon cries end with like a crashing sound. And I always wondered why some of them did that. Like almost half of them sound like they end in this like boom sound. And it was interesting to me to find out why that actually happens. And can you give a sort of a brief uh, explanation of, of what that is? Is that like some sort of weird quirk of the Game Boy sound hardware or... Uh, it just goes to a quirk of the algorithm that actually plays the cries. So there's three channels that are used for the Pokemon cries, two pulse channels and a noise channel. And to create some of the different cries, they pitch shift it up and down. And that goes for the noise channel too. It gets pitch shifted up and down. But if the two pulse channels complete their sounds before the noise channel is done, then that pitch shift is canceled out for the rest of the, the cry. So maybe the first part, the noise channel is really high pitched, so high that you might not even be able to hear it. And then the ending, it reverts to its lower sound. So you actually hear that boom right at the end. What's a particular cry uh, that uh, showcases that very well? Um, I believe the one I used in the video was Drowsy. It, it's a really, compared to Jinx's cry, which uses the same bass sound, um, the pulse channels go much quicker, but the noise channel is still super long to compare for Jinx's sound. So you can actually hear a good three or four notes at the end of that cry where you can really hear it. And uh, one thing we should note here, actually, in, in part of uh, sort of uh, researching this and playing around with it, uh, you actually built your own tool for simulating or even creating your own Pokemon sounds. Tell folks about that. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so if you go to the webpage dotsarecool.com slash rgme slash tech slash gen1cries.html, it's this cool little web app that lets you pick any of the original Gen 1 Pokemon and play their cry sound effect, but it also shows you each note command and what the waveforms look like as it's being played. And I actually used this page to help me understand how the cries were working in the first place. Because I basically, to understand how they were working, I coded my own algorithm to create the cries themselves, and I was using them to compare back and forth how accurate my algorithm was. And I figured, well, here, if I just add some extra functionality, you can just like make your own cries, and I bet you people would be interested in that. So I just went ahead and developed it even further. Yeah, you got some really great stuff uh, you did in that one, but you've also got a number of other videos. Why don't you tell us about a couple of them? All right. Uh, my two favorites are the Pac-Man Kill Screen Explain and the Super Mario World Random Number Generation Explained. Uh, the Pac-Man video goes into very high detail on how the kill screen exists in the game. If you beat level 254, you'll go to 200, 
55 and then half of the screen is just garbage for particularly no reason, but there is an actual region and it's pretty interesting. And the Super Mario World random number generation video is uh, one of my favorites because it actually explains how what a player would think is completely random behavior of sprites and enemies or just the game in general really comes down to just this one very short algorithm that controls so much. And uh, I go ahead and actually go into super detail all the way down to the assembly on how that function works. Yeah, if you really want to get into down into the details there, you totally can with some of your videos there. I find it very interesting. I, I want to shout out to one of my favorites, actually, which is the uh, Super Mario Land 2 uh, memory exploration bug that lets you finish the game very quickly if you know where to go in there while you're actually just roaming through like uh, the cartridge and, and RAM and stuff like that. That's It's great how you showed that uh, visually in that episode. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of fun making that one. Uh, I use a lot of scripts within an emulator to help with some of the visualizations. And in that one, I was able to actually uh, follow Mario while he travels throughout the entirety of the game's memory viewed as a level. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. It really helps, even if you're not super technical, to sort of understand loosely what's going on. Any plans for the future? Any ideas you're working on right now you'd like to tell us about? Uh, sure. I Well, right now, actually, I'm almost done with the uh, reference video for the Pokemon Cries, that video that just came out, and that it will show all 151 Pokemon Cries in the same visualization that the previous video did. And it, it's a little bit more in-depth, than I think, than the web app does. And then eventually I also want to go into the Generation 2 Pokemon. I know a lot of people were asking about that, and I did find out that the engine is very similar. It's just a, like an upgraded version. So it should be pretty easy to uh, add those in as well. And then for the non-Pokemon folks, I'm also still working on my Super Nintendo uh, playlist that goes into details about the entirety of the system and all of the ins and outs and everything. This video will be going over all of the different types of inputs you can have, like controllers, multi-taps, mouse, and the Super Scope. Oh, the Super Scope. I remember that. That'll be really interesting to see. All right. Well, thank you very much, Dots. No problem. Thanks for having me. This has been Stephen Reich. All right, folks. Thanks. We're a Miracle wasn't written or rewritten to work with Pokey on the first movie. And if for some reason you don't believe me on that, I do have an email from one of the folks behind the song. In any event, despite its unrelated origins... It seems to do a great job matching up with the film, but why is that? There's the obvious stuff, like references to a storm and tears early in the piece, and some later lyrics that provide a good summary of the relationship between Ash and Pikachu. However, there's another possible explanation. We Are a Miracle definitely features some of Christina's more aggressive vocal qualities. Normally this gives her songs a sensual vibe, but here it has the benefit of making her sound a bit more like... Well, you know. Anyway, if you'd like to hear a more in-depth analysis of this song, as well as its Japanese equivalent, Together with the Wind, a few years ago I recorded a discussion with Anne from PV Podcast, and you should find a link in the episode description. Thanks.
Hi, I'm Stephen Reich here at Wizard World Comic Con Madison 2018. I'm here with Real Breaking Nate, a well-known Pokemon YouTuber, and he's been doing actually quite a bit of stuff here at uh, this year's convention. So why don't you first of all start off? How'd you get into making videos? Um, well, I'm I'm from a small town, and I always wanted to do something. Um, entertainment-wise, just to just make people smile, make people laugh, brighten their day, something that I'm passionate about. And um, I obviously don't have the, the money, you know, to move to California, where you see a lot of, you know, um, entertainment and YouTube stuff going on is in California. Um, and so um, I just started doing videos that I was passionate about. And it was you, it was, uh, it was Pokemon. Um, I've been a fan of Pokemon ever since I was a little kid, ever since it came to the United States. And um, it's what I'm most passionate about. And so one day I was like, you know what, I'm going to try um, just doing Pokemon videos on YouTube and just have fun with it. And um, I started off just doing it for fun and it kind of blew up into this big thing of where I, that's, it's what I do all the time now. So, um, and I absolutely love it. So, all right. Well, you're here at the convention. You're not just doing a little bit of poking stuff. You've actually been helping out with a lot of the uh, panels and stuff like yeah. that. What, what have you been working on here at, uh, at this year's event? Uh, so I, um, I've always, and this is kind of like a, a, another, I don't, I don't even want to say silly little dream because it's, it's an important dream. All dreams are important. Um, but I've always wanted to have like a late night talk show when I was a kid. I always thought that would be super, super cool. And I thought it was such a, a fun thing. And I happened to have the chance to be able to uh, interview celebrities here at Wizard World Comic Con. Uh, I've done it at other uh, conventions as well, but I got the opportunity to do it one time, and I guess I did it good. And so they wanted me to come back and, and do more. And so now I do this as kind of like um, a full-time thing. I do other fun panels. You saw me do panels uh, throughout this weekend. I just do kind of like a, uh, uh, if you're wanting to start a YouTube channel, you know, type of panel. And we just actually got, you were here in this last one, we just got done doing the nerd off where we talk about, you know, like nerdy fandoms and things like that. I just do like to do fun panels. That's essentially what I like to do. And um, I hope people leave with a good memory and have fun. So uh, and hopefully that's not like a wishy-washy answer, but it's, it's, it's what I, it's what it is, you know. Well, I wasn't able to make it all your panels, but the ones I went to, I definitely enjoyed. So you're doing a good Thank job you. there. Now, one in particular we want to talk about is okay. yesterday on Friday, you did a panel where you taught people how to play the Pokemon TCG. Yeah. Yeah. First off, where did you get that idea? Um, it was, I honestly, I have no idea. It, it just came up when, when, uh, we were talking about different panel ideas and I've been a huge TCG player. Like I, it's, out of anything Pokemon related, you know, people usually like they have their one area that they love the most, either the anime, the video game or the TCG or even the merchandise, the collecting aspect of it. And TCG has always been like my number one love. And I've always collected the TCG. Uh, I remember buying the, the base set the first week it came out, going to Target and buying booster packs, which my very first rare I ever pulled was a hollow Venusaur from the base set. I'll never forget that. Uh, but I was like, I want to teach other people how to play this because I remember when I was younger, I just collected for a good short period of time and before I knew how to play. Like, oh, there's a game with this too, you know? Because a lot of people collected the cards and didn't really know how to play. And then after, after a little while, I learned how to play. And I wanted to be able to give back and teach people how to play 
um, with other people, you know, because a lot of times you learn with just like one or two people, but it's, I think it's more fun to learn in a big group setting and uh, just to kind of talk about the TCG, what you can expect and how the whole thing works, not even just playing the TCG, but what you can expect when it comes to tournaments or uh, or um, Pokemon leagues and things like that when you get, com- get competitive with it. And I don't claim to be the best TCG player uh, by any means. I am not the best TCG player, but I have fun with it, and I think that's the most important part. That is the, basically the product they're selling us with the, the Pokemon TCG, or really any TCG collectible card game, anything like that. How did it work out logistically? Did you uh, get about what you expected? Uh, how did that pan out? Um, it, it People seem to really enjoy it because they come with a lot of questions of even not even just playing, but just collecting. And um, like I said, what can you expect if you want to get competitive with it? You know, like tournaments, like how do, how do I go to find a tournament and things like that? And so I think people always seem to leave with a bunch of knowledge about playing the TCG and collecting it and getting into that scene in general. And I always let people know that Pokemon is easily easily the most positive and fun-loving community out there out of any fandom and i will argue that any day of the week because it is my number one fandom any advice if someone else wants to try doing something like this at a convention uh, in their area reach out to them (laughs) it's it's that simple you um i always tell people if you want to do a panel at your local convention, no matter how big or small the convention is, just send them an email. I mean, that's all you really got to do is just send them an email and be like, hey, I would love to do this. This is, you know, maybe give them a little background on things that you, you know, or, or things that you can provide them as far as like, you know, your knowledge and stuff like that. Um, but just it, it's that simple. Just find what convention you're wanting to go to, send them an email. The worst they can do is say, no, we're not interested, you know, and and or they could say yes, you know, and then you're going and doing something fun like a panel. So, all right, Nate, uh, been great having you on. Hope you have a good time at the rest of the convention this weekend. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was it was a great time. It's like one of the first interviews I've ever done. So, thank you so much for for having me here. I appreciate it. This has been Stephen Reich from Wizard World Comic Con Madison 2018. Hi, I'm Steven Reich, here at Wizard World Comic Con Madison 2018. I'm here with Jerry Milani, who is the uh, press rep for the organization. And Jerry, we just have a few questions. First of all, what exactly is the, uh, the Comic Con organization and how did it get started? Sure, well, Wizard World is the organization and we run pop culture conventions all across the country. We've been doing them for 20 years. We now do between 12 and 16 shows a year. And it's a celebration of everything in pop culture and it brings all the fans together for it. Oh, right, yeah. So how long have you been doing the event in Madison, then? It's our fourth year in Madison, and we're just about to announce our fifth year with dates for next year. So we're really excited to be part of a a vibrant city that loves its pop culture, and that's why we come back year after year. Yeah, that's definitely something I have to say, especially with, like, the university and all that stuff. There's a lot of interest in the the type of show you put on here. So for someone who's never been to one of these Wizard World events, uh, what can they expect at, at one of those if they go to one? Sure. Well, it's everything in the world of pop culture. So it's movies and it's television, and it's art and science fiction and comics and cosplay, people dressing up in their favorite costumes. It's whatever you love about pop culture, we have that here at Wizard World. And the fans who come to share what they love 
all the other fans that love the same things, they get to meet them and make lifelong friends. There are a number of guests at this year's uh, event. Uh, why don't you tell the folks at home about some of them? Yeah, well, we're really excited. William Shatner uh, returns to Wizard World here in Madison, and he's one of the biggest guests we ever have on our shows. He, he brings people, he's six decades of pop culture all wrapped into one guy. So fans really love meeting William Shatner. Barry Williams hasn't been to one of our shows in a long time. Greg Brady. Uh, that's uh, Brady Bunch is a part of pop culture almost as much as any TV franchise in the history of the medium. So we're really excited to have him here. We have guests from Charmed. We have guests from all different kinds of, uh, event, uh, different kinds of things that people love. Whatever in pop culture, we have someone here that uh, kind of encompasses that. Yeah, you have a pretty good variety here. So um, I guess I just want to ask, how has, uh, in your opinion, this event uh, gone so far this weekend? There have been a couple hiccups with some of the, the travel and stuff. That's always a, a bit of an issue. But how have things gone overall? Everyone got here. It's one of the few times that every one of the celebrities that we've announced over the course of the last couple months are all here. So for fans that uh, get a chance to come in today and, and meet celebrities over this entire weekend, it's, it's been a, a pretty exciting time for us, a Saturday event. We've had more people than we ever had at a Saturday uh, Madison event before. They, they, in fact, they had to open up another parking lot over by the arena. The fans have really come out for the show this year, and we couldn't be more pleased with the way it's turned out. That is awesome to hear. Yeah, I, I unfortunately, this is actually my first time here, but you seem to put on a pretty good uh, show here, and I'm glad I, I made it out this time. All right, thank you very much, Jerry. This has been Stephen Reich from Wizard World Comic Con Madison 2018. Thanks for listening to the PokePress Digest podcast. We'd appreciate if you rate or review us on your podcast app of choice. If you'd like to find more of our great content, visit our website at pokepress.blogspot.com. If you'd like to contact us, send an email to pokepress at gmail.com or follow at pokepress on Twitter. But uh, as we sort of explained there, our next episode, uh, we're going to go a little bit out of order whenever a new movie comes out. We try to get that done relatively close to when it comes out on video. It's as we're recording this, uh, it's available digitally, but not on disc in the U.S. But anyway, our next episode is The Power of Us, or what, Everyone's Story is the sort of mm -hmm. the Japanese title there? Yep. So, for Movie 21, on the Japanese side, we have a song called Breath uh, by the band with a somewhat uh, interesting name of Pornography. Then again, I guess on the English side, we had Manda slash Willow Ford. So I guess that maybe this is Japan's answer to that. I don't know. <laughs> um, but we'll see how the, the actual music uh, goes in, in that one. And then on the English <laughs> side, we have same title as the movie, The Power of Us. And it's performed by Haven Pashal and Charity Gooden, which I wanted to mention that part uh, because I actually did a written interview with Charity not too long ago, oh. and uh, that might be some good prep for our discussion if you want to take a look at that. Uh, should be another interesting discussion. We'll also be talking about the score and some other musical facets. Uh, but until then, Anne, thank you very much for being on.